He's the founder and chief catalyst of the Business Innovation Factory and author of the book, The Business Model Innovation Factory, How to Stay Relevant When the World is Changing. He started BIF in 2005 with a mission to enable business model innovation. BIF makes transformational change safer and easier to manage for institutional leaders by helping them explore, test, and commercialize next practices and new business models. Prior to BIF, he served as the executive director of the Rhode Island Economic Development Corporation and as the executive counselor to the governor on economic and community development. His past professional life includes fascinating experiences as a senior strategy partner in Accenture's health and life sciences practice, working broadly throughout the pharmaceutical, medical products, and biotechnology industry. As a marketing plans manager at the pharmaceutical division of Eli Lilly and Company, he assisted in developing the launch strategy and successful introduction of Prozac into the U.S. market. He holds an MBA from the Rensselaer Polytech Institute, focusing on the strategic management of technology, and a BS in pharmacy from the University of Rhode Island. Join me on this episode of the Curvebenders podcast with Saul Kaplan of the Business Innovation Factory. Hi there, this is David Knorr, host of the Curvebenders podcast. I'm excited to share insights with you at the intersection of the future of work and strategic relationships. Make no mistake about it, there are a number of forces in the next two decades that will dramatically change the way we live, the way we work, the way we play, and the way we serve others. And I believe there are these relationships that will come into our lives that can change both the direction and destination of where we're headed. Those are the individuals I call curvebenders. So in each episode, I want to share with you insights from our research, from our interviews of great guests and their incredible experiences. I want to invite people to share their ideas and examples of not just coaches and mentors, but real curvebenders that have had a profound impact on their lives. Specifically, we're going to talk about pragmatic ideas in the evolution of your skills, your knowledge, and your behaviors. So let's get started. The Curvebenders podcast is supported by global clients of the NOR Group's advisory, speaking, education, and coaching services. One example is Cipla Limited. India's biggest multinational pharmaceutical and biotechnology company headquartered in Mumbai, India. Caring for life has always been and continues to remain CIPLA's guiding purpose, with presence in 80-plus countries providing over 1,500 products across various therapeutic categories, including respiratory, cardiovascular disease, arthritis, diabetes, weight control, and depression trusted by healthcare professionals and patients across the globe for the last eight decades, CIPLA constantly aims to create access to high-quality and affordable medicines to support patients in need. Learn more, including their first acquisition in the U.S. back in 2013 at CIPLA.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Episode 9 of the Curvebenders Podcast. I'm going to open this session with a confession. 
I made a mistake. That's right. Even I, a true professional and a podcasting extraordinaire, invited a fabulous guest in Saul Kaplan. And about 10 minutes into our conversation, I realized that I never hit the record button. Embarrassed to call him back and tell him so and ask him to repeat the nuggets he had shared early on in our conversation, I thought I'd share my notes to start. The good news is that you'll hear the rest of our conversation shortly after this opening. So thanks for your patience while I figure out which one of these buttons to push. And here we go. You heard about Saul's great background working for the governor of Rhode Island. He called himself an accidental bureaucrat and an absolute innovation junkie. He's passionate about human-centered design, and he started the Business Innovation Factory in 2005 as a 501c nonprofit to impact social systems in search of what he calls next practices in healthcare, education, and government. They've now tackled some 70 projects in the true transformation of organizations they work with versus simply aiming to create incremental changes. I loved Saul's three superpowers, hence the title of this episode, in making huge changes. Number one, human-centered design. He talked a lot about looking at the same challenge through a different lens, shifting your lens, really creating a custom lens. He talked about if you want to scale the institution, you got to take a step back and look at their scenarios, their challenges, their opportunities very differently. He talked about practicing human-centered design in every facet of what was really happening in any organization. Number two, he talked about rapid prototyping. He loves the idea of proving it, proving that it works in advance and taking risk out in the process. He said he loves taking napkins and ideas and napkins and creating real-world environments before it's ready. I love the comment that transformation isn't an analytical test or an act. It's a generative act. So he likes exploring stuff, building models in the real world, and really figuring out how to apply them. Last but not least, he talked about storytelling and engagement. He talked about storytelling is really active sharing it, making yourself vulnerable, creating an emotional connection. Apparently, they have a whole department that specializes in storytelling, and it talks about speaking for the organization. That's exactly what stories do. By the way, BIF, or the Business Innovation Factory, has an annual summit every late October, and you can learn more at businessinnovationfactory.com. Now, let's hear from Saul with the rest of our conversation. It's so much easier today to create connections and social media gives us the technology and the platforms to do it, but we're not using them that way. We just have to use them in a more purposeful way, right, to help us get better faster uh, every day about around building and practicing these superpowers. If you just joined us, uh, Saul Kaplan uh, of Business Innovation Factory is our guest, and, and I love the focus on innovation, John. I love the focus on transformation versus incremental change. How do you make transformation safer, easier to manage? The three superpowers that I'm going to put on a poster, Saul, and put it up on my wall, human-centered design, rapid prototyping, and storytelling and engagement. Uh, tell us a little about the summit. So I'm fascinated by the fact that every year, I think for the last 14 years, you get really cool people together 
to talk about a theme. And I think this year's theme is well-being. Yeah, it is. Uh, and it's coming up uh, uh, here in October on the 22nd through 24th. Where did the idea come from? What do you get most out of it? Give us those who can't be there. Give us a glimpse into what, what happened. Almost from the beginning of BIF, uh, we knew we needed a way to connect people who, who were like us and to create a community. And we knew we needed to model these new new behaviors, you know, that we were talking about. We have this idea at BIF we call random collisions of unusual suspects or making a ruckus, right? Too many of us hang out with and connect with, right, people that are exactly like us and think exactly like us. And I don't think you learn anything new that way. Where we really learn is in the gray area between us, right, when we, and we can really collaborate around our differences. Right. As opposed to just hang with people that are exactly like us. So we knew we needed a convening. Right. I happen to be uh, personally friendly with Richard Saul Werman, who founded TED. So uh, who better to get mentoring from, you know, uh, than the guy who the iconic guy who invented TED, you know, which is, you know, everybody knows, right, as, you know, this crazy cool place, you know, where a lot of highly motivated, smart people come uh, to collide with each other. Uh, and I wanted to model that. I wanted it to be more smaller and more intimate. And I didn't want to do it to make money. It wasn't the profit center for Biff. I wanted to do it to model the behaviors, right? We always talk about connection and collaborative innovation, but what does that actually mean? You know, right? how do we model the behaviors of colliding with unusual suspects, beginning to collaborate where collaboration doesn't mean you have something I'm missing, right? And you can fill in that missing puzzle piece. To me, collaboration means we all have superpowers and we we should all put them in our sandbox together and then combine and recombine them to create something wholly new, right? And if you can do that, then you can start to un unleash innovation and transformation. So anyway, for 15 years, we put together a smaller, more intimate TED, incredibly human-centered, all about storytelling and engagement. It's where we learned how to do it. Right. And now 15 years later, we can go from just self-organizing and sharing story as a, a medium to collaborate. But now we can make our networks more purposeful. And so this year, our theme is well-being. Right. We all know that we need to transform from a healthcare system that's all about sick care, waiting until I'm sick to respond to one that has wellness and well-being at the core with access to the right sick care or medical care when I need it. And we've been yakking about that for 30 years, right? Uh, and we haven't been able to make the transformation. So we're trying to model that. And this year's summit is going to bring a couple hundred innovation junkies from around the world here to Providence. Uh, and we're going to work on that behavior. We're going to inspire each other with story, with co-creation sessions, and a whole lot of ruckus, right, to help us collide with, with those folks that we don't know that might be the ticket, you know, to opening up the gray space uh, between us. For those that are not coming to the summit, we 
we always live stream the storytelling sessions. You can go to our website, uh, biff.is, and you can see all of the videos from 14 years of summits. There's uh, usually about 30 storytellers every year, so we have quite a library. And you can live stream the stories you know, from this year's uh, summit on October 23rd and 24th. One of my previous guests was uh, Marcus Whitney, and we talked about future of health. Uh, Saul, as we talk about this idea of curve benders as relationships that will dramatically change both your trajectory and ultimately your destination, personal, professional growth and future of work, can you comment on two, three individuals whom you believe had that impact on you? Who's changed your trajectory? Who's helped you get to a very different destination than you may, you know, may have on your own? Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm so blessed, you know, because there's so many people, um, you know, that uh, I, I'm fortunate enough to connect with uh, and, and hang around with. And I'm constantly looking, you know, f- uh, to establish new connections. So I spend a lot of time, I'm very noisy uh, on social media, uh, and I'm always looking uh, to do that. Yeah, but if you, if you force me, you know, to name a couple. I've already mentioned Richard Saul Werman, who's been a long-time friend and mentor. Uh, he goes so deep on, on making learning curve and understanding central to your life uh, and how he lives that. And he constantly encourages me and pushes me in ways you know, that uh, I'll just uh, forever uh, be uh, grateful for. You know, So he's one. Uh, a couple of of the, I'm thinking about a couple of the folks uh, that that are going to be storytellers uh, again this year uh, at our summit, who who I've been close to uh, for a long time. So uh, one is a, a guy by the name of Mark Brand. Uh, he is an incredible innovator. Uh, he's a chef, uh, and and. I'm totally convinced that innovation junkies skew foodie. Uh, we love the everything about food, right? We love the metaphor of assembling and reassembling, you know, uh, elements t- uh, to create an amazing meal. We love the entire food uh, ecosystem, and we're constantly trying to find ways to transform it. And Mark is a social activist that believes that even for the most underserved populations. There's no excuse for having people, you know, that are struggling, you know, with getting access to food and nutrition for well-being. And he does it in such a beautiful and lovely way. And his stories, you know, are incredibly uh, inspiring. Uh, so I would, uh, I would put him on the list. Uh, just another one off the top of my mind. Uh, we all, we believe that storytelling takes lots Lots of different forms. So not just narrative, uh, the conversation you and I are having, you know, to create a story, but we believe in arts and music uh, and uh, in theater, every way 
that we can express personal stories and disclose and become vulnerable and welcome other people into a story uh, is, I think, a really important part of transformation. So I'm thinking about Philip Shepard, who is an incredible musician. Uh, He's a classical cellist, uh, but he's a world-class innovator uh, that thinks about uh, music and combining and recombining notes, uh, but he thinks about human systems uh, and how we can use the metaphor of music uh, to transform our lives by engaging in music and producing and composing music. He's been working on how we can democratize music making so it's not just you know those talented few you know that have musical superpowers, but it could unleash uh, uh, every one of us right to engage in music and to produce music uh, in ways that help us rethink, you know, how we reinvent ourselves. So there's just a few. Um, uh, it's really lucky to have a lot of those kinds of relationships in my life. I've always said, if you want to be, you may remember my story of, of coming to this country and not knowing anybody and not speaking a word of English. So I have a tendency to look a lot of things up. You've brought up vulnerability a couple of times and, and Wikipedia talks about, you know, r- vulnerability as, as the inability to withstand the effects of hostile environments, right? A window of vulnerability is a time frame within which defensive measures are diminished, compromised, or lacking. You make it sound like a strength. You make it sound like an enabler of transformation. Talk about that for a second and why that's so correct. Critical. Yeah, that's so true. You know, uh, you know, we talk about vulnerability. You know, we talk about resiliency, right? But I don't know how you're going to grow. I don't know how you could transform anything, right? If you're always putting this face out to the world, you know, that everything's perfect, right? That's not how we get better. That's not how we learn, right? And we, when we come out of the industrial era with the, let's not share our vulnerabilities. Let's not fail, right? Because that could end my career, right? But if you think about that, if we only do those things that we know are going to work or do we only do those things that we're already good at, uh, how do you get better? And if, if it's true that we live in a world where you constantly have to reinvent, you know, and refresh your, your capability set, you got to start from a position of vulnerability. You've got to welcome the unusual suspects. You've got to start from the position of, I don't know what I don't know. And I can't really innovate or transform unless I start by sharing with vulnerability that people will will rally around, help me to get better, help me know when I need to consider something or do something different. So I make myself vulnerable every single day, right? You know, I put stuff out there that's half-baked, you know, but I've built and curated this network, you know, of friends and connections that aren't afraid to say, Saul, that's the stupidest thing I have ever heard. 
right? You know, and I'm grateful for that, right? Like then maybe I won't, you know, keep investing in that. But I also have those same people who say, you know what? You know, I think you might be odd to something. Have you talked to this person? Have you met that person? Or let me connect you, you know, with Noor because, you know, he's done some really interesting work in this space. And if you allow yourself to be vulnerable and you curate that personalized network instead of connections, you know, in an open way, I mean, that's the ticket to getting better faster. And for me, I feel like I go to school every single day because I put myself out there. A lot of people talk about working and living out loud, right? I I think you have to do that, even if you're wrong, you know, and especially when your ideas are half-baked because that's the generative time where you can improve them and far too many people don't do that, right? And they're, they're just not getting better fast enough. That's a, that's a brilliant insight. Uh, I, I want to continue that that uh, thought process of uh, I talk about curve benders as people who dramatically change your trajectory. And you, you talked about Richard, you talked about Mark, you talked about Philip. Uh, I think a more fascinating question that, that I'm hoping my audience and readers of this book and this work will really dig into is how do you become a curve bender? So, so Saul, in your world, how do you believe either you've had an impact on others or how can individuals dramatically change? We're not, I'm not talking about coaches or mentors or transactional interactions, but truly transformational ones over some period of time. How, how do you do that effectively? How do you proactively look for opportunities to dramatically change that trajectory of other. Uh, I, I'll, I'll, I'll share a personal uh, story with you. And, uh, and I think something that made a really significant difference uh, to how I, uh, I think about this, right? The, uh, I call myself at Biff, uh, I'm the founder, but I, I give myself the title of chief catalyst. Uh, and if you ever get the opportunity to create your own title, I highly recommend it. I, I, I did it on purpose. I remember back, you know, to my high school and college uh, chemistry classes, right? And I remembered the role of a catalyst, you know, in a chemical reaction, right? It was the reagent that got the reaction started, but then it got out of the way, you know, so that the reaction could continue, Right. And so I, I call myself the chief catalyst here at Biff because it's a personal reminder to me that I had to transform the way I think about leadership and what my role is. Right. I grew up in the industrial era where your role as a leader was much more of a manager. Right. It was more hierarchical and top down. You know, here are the people who report to me. Here are the clear role definitions. Here's how work gets done. You know, and you were in charge, right? You know, and responsible for the you know outcome of the total team. I think that's completely changed, and so I knew I had to change my leadership style, right? Right. To, uh, so that's why I use the metaphor of a catalyst. I think we have to catalyze something that's bigger than us, right? And so I'm always thinking not about myself, but how I can be in service of those around me, whether it's here at Biff or in the community, right? 
right? And in doing that, I will get better myself. So how do we become a catalyst? And my favorite part, you know, and memory from, from those high school and college chemistry classes were that the, the catalyst doesn't get used up in the reaction. It lives to fight another day. And if you're an innovation junkie like me, it can be easy to think that you're going to get used up in the reaction or worn out. So I like to be, to remind myself that catalysts are really important to getting reactions started. They have to get out of the way and be in service of enabling those people around them. Right. And then the good news is that the catalyst can survive and be uh, be useful in lots of other contexts and uh, I feel better about that so uh, I, uh, I hope that's helpful you know, to you uh, and your audience. Absolutely if you just joined us you're listening to Saul Kaplan uh, the chief catalyst at Business Innovation Factory or BIF and, and, and it, I love it self-described innovation junkie so uh, I'm going to ask you to pull out your crystal ball and uh, all that you've seen, all that you've experienced, help me and help our audience extrapolate one or two ideas forward in the next decade, in the next two decades. What do you believe uh, will dramatically impact the way we work, the way we live, the way we play, or the way we serve? Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang this answer on an idea you know, that I, I think it's the biggest you know, trend, and I think it's the thing that changes the world, right? So I call it self-organized purposeful networks, self-organized purposeful networks. Let me take each half of that. I think we're much better at the first half. So the ability to self-organize, right, to have agency and to create connections and to be really intentional and thoughtful about those connections. And this is where these new platforms and social media, if we use them in the right way, enable us to do it. I think we collectively are much better at self-organizing, right? We know how to create groups. We know how to use social media to connect us, right? And you know, we know how to do the easy stuff, you know, which is share ideas, you know, back and forth and use those platforms, right, you know, in a self-organized way. This is really powerful and one of the biggest trends that's gone on around the world. But I think it's the second half of that equation that is really going to change the world. I think self-organized gets to, you know, the infrastructure and the Conditions for us to connect in new ways, but now we have to make our networks more purposeful. This is crunch time, right? Because we need transformation and we need these self-organized networks to become more purposeful, whatever that purpose is, right? So how do we take advantage of these new connections that we're able to curate and foster, but how do we do it in a way that's really purposeful? Whatever your individual purposes, whatever your company or organization's purposes, or whatever your community or, you know, the state or country you live in, right? You can look at it at all those different scales. How do we become more 
purposeful so that our self-organized networks can be organized around a principle so that together we can transform, so that we can start organically and begin to transform the experience of those of us that are every day a consumer, a student, a patient, a citizen, right? It's more about us and the way we organize and connect. It's about creating new models uh, that will enable us to transform both our experiences and the outcomes from those group experiences that I think are going to change everything about the world. And it's already started. And we need that to accelerate so that we can start to to go from tweaking what we were accustomed to in the industrial era to transforming to what we all know could be better, would, would leave fewer people behind, would be more inclusive and equitable. These are all things we aspire to and desperately want to do, and it's within our power and our grasp to start doing them uh, with these approaches and superpowers that we've talked about today. So this has been uh, fascinating. I, I, I love the way you think. I love the, the investment you've made in BIF and, and the, the, the catalyst. Uh, I love it. Self, self-described, self-selected title. Uh, for those who want to learn more about you and your work, what's the best way to do that? Where can they find out more about you? Yeah, so I'm pretty easy to find. As I said, uh, I'm pretty noisy out on uh, social media. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SKAP5. Uh, you know, I'll come up in any Google search. You can look at our work uh, at BIF. Uh, quite simply, the shortcut is biff.is uh, will take you uh, to our website. Uh, I'm very open to connecting uh, on different uh, social media platforms uh, because as we've talked about, you know, that's how I get better faster and that's how we can catalyze something bigger than ourselves. So I look forward to hearing. You've been listening to Saul Kaplan of uh, Chief Catalyst at Business Innovation Factory, a fabulous guest on this Curvebenders podcast. Saul, thank you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for your insights and your wisdom and all that you're doing to raise the bar on not just incrementalism and not just, uh, you know, small changes, but truly transformational, not just incremental, but really transformational change. Thanks for being here. Be with you. Enjoyed it. If you've listened to the Curvebenders podcast recently, you've heard that I'm working on the Curvebenders book. This will be my book number 11 with tools, insights, case studies, examples, interviews, in essence, the knowledge you need to create a personal and professional growth roadmap in this idea of future of work. I'm excited to share key sections with the first 100 participants, so go reserve your spot at norgroup.com today. If you go all the way to the bottom of the page in the get in touch section, just capture somewhere Curve Bender Insights. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Curve Benders podcast on the three superpowers with my friend and founder of the Business Innovation Factory or BIF, Saul Kaplan. 
I think Saul is the classic curve bender for everyone he meets and a true example of someone who has clearly been successful and has made a conscious decision to shift his mindset, skill set, and roadmap to now creating a life of significance. In Curvebenders, I talk about the future of how we will work, play, live, and give, and Saul exemplifies that. The social impact Saul and his team choose to pursue are truly transformational. I can't wait to see what he tackles next. I'm trying to capture notes from these fabulous interviews, so check out the blog on our website at norgroup.com. I'm so thankful for our listeners on the Curvebenders podcast. I want to keep producing great content most beneficial to your personal and professional growth in this idea of future of work, so I'd love to hear your feedback. Don't forget to follow us on the various social media channels. I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, I'm on LinkedIn, and I'm using the hashtag CurvebendersPodcast, so make sure you follow that for all of our latest updates. Thank you.